It's going to be another awesome night we get to spend in the Lord, but we don't have to come here to just spend it with the Lord. When we're out there, we're supposed to spend it with the Lord. And I need this encouragement. I mean, I'm telling y'all this, but I need it too. I need to remind myself when I'm out there at home and the kids are fussing and everything's going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs that I, I got to stay attached to the Lord because it's so easy that this marvelous thing that God created, we just boom, go off in another direction and it's nowhere near the Lord. So yes, I know I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need more of God. I need more of Him in my life as well as I'm sure each and every one of you do. And uh, we got a lot of people out. They need more of the Lord as well. They may need them in a different circumstance. Uh, there's a lot of people in here that need prayer for healing, and whether mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, whatever that it is. I know the Lord, he's in the healing business. Amen. That's what he does. Yep. That's what he's been doing. That's what he'll continue to do. Now, Brooklyn, lead us in some prayer. One of these days. Oh, okay. I said he's going down to here. Would you like to lead us in prayer this evening? Who? You. Yeah. All right. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord, to give you all the glory and honor, Lord. We worship you and we adore you, Lord. We just pray that you just fill this place tonight, Lord, from the top to the bottom, from the front to the back, Lord. Just reign all over us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Testify. Thank you. Thanksgiving. Give thanks. Somebody give thanks. Yeah. Anyone got a testimony of Thanksgiving of any kind? Any year? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm telling you. The floor is yours. I wish this house was full. Yes. Yeah, because I'd like for everybody to hear my testimony. Oh, glory to God. Because I've been down so bad, and I've been bad. But not more. The Lord found me. No more, brother. And I'm so glad he did. Amen. And you know, a lot of Christians, well, I say a lot. I say some probably, and probably, you know, a lot of other people, when one of their relatives are, are, are dying or passing away, and they pray to God to, uh, to, uh, to save them, but he dies anyway, then they get mad at God. But you got to think about it. He didn't really, nobody died. He went to a better place. All this is is himself. We're living in it. And when we die, God cracks his shell open and he pulls our soul to him. I just want to say I love God. I just hope everybody has the same feeling I do. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, thank everybody for listening. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad. I'm so glad he found me. Anyone else got a testimony? Well, he said if we're saved, praise God, we have the same resurrection power that Jesus had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there ain't no grave going to hold my body there. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm not going to be there forever. I'm coming out of there. Yeah. So I'll be with Jesus. He said, Forevermore. Yep. Evermore. In the twinkle of an eye. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Quicker than that. Well, that's when I die. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not time now. But my body's going to come out. Yeah. Reunite with my spirit. Mm-hmm. In the heavens. Can't wait for that. Well, can, but can't. You know what I mean. 
Because I'm, I'm going right behind you. So. Might not. Might go before me. Might go before me. Yeah, <laughs> true. True. I'm going to be behind Sean, Bill. <laughs> I'm going to be behind those that are already there, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, me too. <laughs> Anyone else? I don't know. If I, if I could pass your car, I might be kind of there. No, I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful Amen. for all the good stuff. I'm thankful for all the stuff that ain't so good. So, I know it doesn't always feel good, but I know change usually involves pain, unfortunately, in one way or the other. Yes, sir. Whether it's spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, financial. The fire never feels good, but I know it's been said in here, and I hear it other places that... Uh, I wouldn't call it a reward, but the, the getting out on the other side of the fire and not have to go back through again, that's always good. And I'm thankful for everything the Lord's doing in my life, whether it may not always feel great or not. I, I, I'm thankful that he's given me a chance to, to serve him because I know I haven't done the greatest in serving him all of my life, and I still feel subpar at serving the Lord, but... I strive to serve him more and more and others more and more. So I'm thankful for that opportunity. Amen. Amen. Shana, I just wanted to, uh, uh, last week the, the Lord put on my heart to, to call someone, or if I've seen them, to let them, but we actually put it on my heart to just get in, talk, in contact with them. And there's somebody from our church, and Tanner Pastor talk about it a lot about when that's put on your heart to to just encourage someone because you know well I, I put it off and I was like man I don't really I didn't really know what to say to begin with but I happened to run into him like three days later and and we were in a pretty public place but I ended up talking to him about it anyway and told him you know hey the Lord you know told me hey I need to I need to encourage you man if you need anything you know I feel like you need you need to talk to anybody you know anyway he's like man he said I really needed that about three days ago so I felt kind of bad yeah. but but uh, I encourage I encourage everyone like like Pastor Nim and Tanner say if if that's on your heart, just drop what you're doing and do it, if if possible. You yeah. know. So. <coughs> ready? I guess so. Am <laughs> I ready? <laughs> <laughs> ready? Aside from First Peter, I've been reading First um, and Second Samuel. I've been going through the life of David uh, on my, my personal time and my, my study and um, you know, connecting to uh, what we were talking about earlier. We talk, you know, Sean had talked about you know, testimonies and being thankful. And uh, you know, I was reading that story and, and I looked at the life of David and the things that he got himself into and, and the way that God delivered him. But the, the thing that stands out to me the most, and it's always the thing that I like most about the individual uh, David, is um, his humility and that he just wanted to be close to God. Amen. Man, I mean, away from everything else, he just wanted to be close to God. He was, an in, he was human. He made human mistakes. Some of them even pretty extensive. And to see the way that God would come through for him, even when 
even when he had told him, he's like, look, you know, the sword is not going to leave your house. You know, this was, you know, a, uh, a consequence of being with Bathsheba. God never left him. You know, he always was with him. And I think that's always it's a good lesson for us that we always remember that God is always with us regardless of how deep we dig our hole. I mean, God is always coming through. And as Christians, if I could say this, as Christians, we have to be very careful about uh, becoming so comfortable with words that we forget the power that's actually associated with them. So when we say things like, well, God is always with us, or, or I tell you the story of David, I myself remind myself constantly that it's more than just a series of words. There's power behind it, and that truly we have somebody that not only has rescued us, but continues to rescue us every day. Amen. Amen. Not just from the perils of the world, but from ourselves. Amen. Which I think is probably one of the more important things is being rescued from myself. Amen. Like, God, if you can do anything, just get me out of this. Yes, and usually Lord, something that I've done, and David did the same thing. So in First Peter, I want to take you uh, to chapter 5. I've been waiting to share this message for quite <laughs> some time now. And, um, and God has laid this on my heart, and there's just, there's just some material here. And I, I'll be honest with you, when I read the message this morning, and I got to back to my text for tonight, I had no idea it was going to blend in like this. No idea. So there's going to be some familiar spot here in the very first part of this. I didn't intend on it being that way. Nor am I trying to do a part two of this morning's message about family and stuff like that. It's just the way that it all worked out. So I want to read just a bit here in 1 Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 5. It says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yes, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud. Now, that's setting the stage for something that's about to be said down here that's very pivotal in the life of a believer. And one of the things that I want to point out to you is, is the scripture is going on here, and it's telling us um, uh, to be subject one to another, just what we were talking about that this morning, being subject one to another, but being clothed with humility. And that's really the angle of being able to be submissive one to another and to have, like I said this morning, in order to have successful relationships, there's, there has to be humility on our part. Well, then the, the scripture here takes a, a bit of a turn, and it says that God resists the proud. Put on humility because God resists the proud. Mm-hmm. And, and that should be something that I think, it, to, to an extent, should disturb us. There should be a bit of a disturbance to us to hear that God resists proud or, the, or pridefulness. And it's one of the places in the Bible when you start looking at all the things that God does and, and we, we recognize God as a forgiving God, right? Amen. He's a forgiving God. I said something to this uh, bit this morning that there's obviously salvation is a very major thing. It's a very major thing in the walk that we have with God, but it's not the only thing, right? Now, that's not, that's not devaluing salvation. That's opening our eyes to that there are more things going on and things that we need to prove on, improve on than just getting saved one time and then saying, I'm good to go, right, right. and I can just carry on with the things, and as long as I show up every once in a while and make sure I'm still a member, I'll probably be okay. There's way, way more to it than that. And so one of the things that I see in scripture here is that we're being told to put on humility and then we're told that God does something very specific 
to the proud and it says he resists them and that's that should be disturbing that God resists the proud it's like he, it's like it's one of the very few places that you can find that God actually performs an action against another individual performs he literally performs an action against them so most of the time our perception of God is that he's always receptive he's always bringing in he's like he'll take me any way that I want he'll take me any beyond anything that I do but it says here he resists the proud now the way I can tell that's when you resist something what are you doing you're denying it you're denying access so when when God is denying access because of pride, we realize that pride is a major offense. Pride is something major that's going on or that we can perform something where God would resist me. And that, that disturbs me to the point where I'm thinking, where, if I'm operating in pride or I am steeped in pride or my attitude is prideful or arrogant, I better get it taken care of because the scripture is telling me, and I can put other scriptures with this, with this to, to show the evidence that if I don't come to God with a repentant of heart for my pride, then he puts a hand up against me. It's like, no, no, I don't receive that. Think about this. It's a lot like Cain and Abel. Cain brought a, um, an inappropriate sacrifice. Now, I don't know what the sacrificial system was then. We obviously know that there was some sort of sacrificial system. But obviously, he wanted their best. And to think that we can come to God with pride and arrogance and that he's still going to take us. Mm -hmm. It says, the scripture says it. It's very plain right here. He resists us. And I think, man, to what extent? I don't know. I don't want to find out. No. Amen. I don't want to figure out what that is. But see, this is, a, this is a very pivotal point in these series of scriptures because I want to show you the things that God is telling us that he'll do for us. But pride can definitely rob us from it. He gives us, and he said he gives grace to the humble. Verse 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 6 also bringing up, once again, humility. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. One point that I want to make in verse 6, we're getting to the main point here. Shannon, you got a pen? And then mark something real quick, buddy. Thank you. <coughs> that... One point that I want to make is that when we're, we're seeking God, we're putting ourselves before him, humility is going to be a cornerstone to finding out what God has planned for you in your life. Humility. And, and, and really, humility is quite raw. Because when you humble yourself before God, it really kind of takes everything off of your plate that you desire and want, and it just says, God, show me what you want on my plate. It's 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 almost you know you think about uh, of changing your diet. You know if you ever you ever went on a diet before, and you knew what your diet was before, and then you had to go on that diet. And your plate, the way your plate looked, was totally different. You're like, man, all I can eat is beets and raisins. It's, I don't I don't know if I, I don't know if this is going to be good for me or not. But it's but you know it's it's about nutrition. You know it's about putting this nutrition in your body. When we come to God and we say, God. I'm going to put myself under you, and I'm going to submit to whatever you have for me. He takes the plate, and he cleans it off. And then he says, I want you to have this, and this, and this. And that's what I want you to do. And we allow God to define what our lives look like. And the only way that's possible, though, is if we humble ourselves before him. 
We bring that humility. So it's the Bible is saying here in verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you, lift you up in due time. Now that doesn't mean, get that twisted, that doesn't mean you're going to be a movie star. That doesn't mean that you're going to somehow receive some sort of reward where you're put in the spotlight or be in front of everybody. doesn't mean that. It means that he's going to lift you up by his definition of being lifted up. Maybe he lifts you up out of uh, a physical plague, something that ails you. Maybe he's going to lift you up out of a financial crisis. We, all, we never really think about the ways that God can exalt one of his children. God's way that he exalts his children are plenteous and many. I don't even think we can count them within ourselves to know how. I don't, I don't really care. Just do it. I don't, I don't really care how you do it. Just do it in your time. But verse 6 is really the place that I want to get to tonight. I'm sorry, verse 7. Because there's, there's a, a piece here that is going to apply to all of our lives. Verse 7 says, And casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. Yeah. Now, verse 7, I want to show you, coming down from verse 5 and 6, and then when we read 8 and 9, it almost seems as though verse 7 is out of place. It kind of does. It looks like when you read it, it almost seems like verse 7 is a bit off. It's like, why did you put verse 7 in this? Obviously, if you know Hebrew, if you ever read any of the old Hebrew and Greek texts, there's no scriptures. Everything runs together. It just runs. And so, even without scripture separation, kind of seems like an odd thing to say right in the middle of what's being, uh, what's being uh, try- the message that's trying to be portrayed here, verses 5 through 9. Casting all of your care upon him. Well, we always know, we know that God cares for us, right? Amen. We know that, he, we know that he's got this love that... that he, he has for us and that he always wants good for us. But I got into some study and I got to really looking at some things. And from my own experience, you know, I've dealt with physical problems and physical ailments, probably no different than any of you here. And I've come across uh, some issues in my life most recently. I'm not going to get into a lot of the details. But dealing with pains and hurts that I could not explain. I could not figure out for the life of me where this pain was coming from. And I'm a studier. And if something is if something is bothering me to the point where I don't have an answer, I go to reading. And I read, and I read, and I read, and I read some more. And I read until I feel as though I have acquired enough knowledge to ascertain the uh, answer to my situation. And it seems as though, or seemed, that I never could figure out what the problem was. And I'd been to the doctor, run blood tests, check me out, and for some reason there was an unexplainable pain, and I just could not get rid of it. Dealt with it for a good year. It's a long time. And I, and I took a little bit of this, and I tried a little bit of this, and I tried this over here. No avail. Still pain, still hurting, still aching. And God began to deal with me. He began to 
he began to show me, and I, I caught it at the beginning. There was a little bit of a, of, of a, um, a hint. You know when God tells you something, and you can kind of tell he's hinting? He's not telling you the answer, but he's kind of giving you a nudge, like hint, hint. And God has always been faithful to me, and I cannot, I cannot even possibly tell you the times that I have been down, and God has led me to what I needed to take in order to get me better again. And it always worked. Always. But for some reason, for some reason, this time wasn't working. Couldn't figure it out. And it bothered me. God began to deal with me about casting. It's like, cast it. Give it to me. I said, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm here. you here. Take it. But it never, it, it just, like I wouldn't get it. Cast. Get rid of it. And I looked at what casting was. And casting means to throw. Literally means to throw upon. Now, it's, this scripture is always, I've, I've always known this scripture. I've quoted this scripture many times. The Bible says, uh, cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. I was like, oh, it's great. It's good to know that we got somebody to cast our cares upon. But he kept coming to me and he kept saying, give it to me. Give it to me. Let it go. And I went on and I still studied. Man, I fought it. I fought it and I fought it. I said, there's got to be an answer to my situation that I can reach out and I can grab it and I can take it in. I can consume it and it should fix my body. It should do it. It should work that way. God said, it doesn't work that way every time. Not every time. And as I began to look into the scripture... I realized that I was guilty of one thing. I hadn't been casting my cares upon him. I hadn't done it. It sounds good. It sounded great. Uh-huh. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you my cares. But I wasn't actually throwing anything at the Lord. I was retaining it. <clears throat> you see, I started to understand what the theme of these scriptures really meant. He was talking about humility and humility right up to the point where he says, now give it to me. Because there's, a, there's an interconnection to pride and ego and keeping your stuff for yourself. There's, there's an interconnection. There's an interconnection uh, to dis- making the decision not to cast your cares upon the Lord <laughs> because you believe you got it figured out. And ego and pride. They go hand in hand. And I was not throwing anything at the Lord. I would tell him it was present. I would tell him it was there. But I was not throwing anything at it. I said, no, I'm going to figure this out. I can figure this out. And I would ask the Lord to help me figure it out. You help me figure it out. And I remember, and and I want to tell you this because (coughs) there has to be a bit of an end to this. Um, most recently, I heard the Lord speak to me, and he said, let it go. And you know, I've heard this before, right? Yeah. We've all heard the Lord say. You ever heard the Lord say, let it go? Yeah. I heard the Lord say, he said, let it go. Amen. And for the first time, I really understood what he meant. I got it. Like, I mean, I got it, got it. And something was going on in here, and I took it, and I... I'm not even going to worry about that no more. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let it go. And within the hour, the pain stopped. 
I was like, oh, pain's gone. And it got a little better, and it got a little better, and it got a little better, and it's gotten better. Amen. Is it possible, is it possible that we are weighed down, not because necessarily we have a problem with our body, but are we weighed down by our own things that we refuse to let go of and that we refuse to cast and we keep them, we retain them for ourselves. I was thinking about sports. This is going to seem like an odd thing, but I want you to listen to me for just a minute. I was thinking about basketball, I was thinking about football, and I was thinking about baseball. In every one of those sports, the success of each sport is dependent on how well you throw the ball. Every one of them are dependent on how well you throw the ball. You're baseball, you're a pitcher, or you want to throw it in, you want to get somebody out. Uh, basketball, how well you shoot it, how, how well you get rid of the ball, how well you can give it to someone else. Football, same way, quarterback drops back, the game is dependent on this guy getting rid of the ball. In all sports, it is a contradiction to the success of the team the longer you hold the ball. In football, the quarterback gets sacked. You lose yards when you hold the ball. Basketball, you're considered a ball hog if you hold the ball longer than you're supposed to. And in baseball, you would be kicked out of the game if you refused to let the ball go. All of these things are dependent on getting rid of what you're holding. What we see in verse 7 is no different. Your spiritual success is highly dependent on how well you cast your cares upon the Lord. And if we even really know that we're even doing it. Because I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in everything that we're doing that we don't even realize that we have adopted these things and we've kept them and we've claimed them as our own. And if I can say this, and I say this in the most respectful way possible, that we, we, we like, forgive me, we like a bit of the victim process. There's a bit of the flesh that likes a bit of trouble and a bit of problematic because it makes us feel affirmed when we can share with someone else how bad our situation is. It's a bit of a sad state, but it's true, and I see it all the time. There's Christian people that are not living victorious lives. They're not casting their cares upon the Lord. They're keeping them, and then they're showing them off like prizes. Like, look, look at, look at how much I suffer. Are you suffering as much as me? Or are we taming? We're holding. We're not casting. We're holding. Now realize this is what I was doing. I was not casting my cares upon the Lord. There's two parts to this. Remember, there's two parts. You cast your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you. We'll get to that here in a minute. We have to become enormously efficient at getting rid of our cares. Efficient. I was watching... Um, you know, you watch a, a well-oiled offense in basketball moves the ball very quickly. They don't hold the ball long. That ball comes in, snap, go to the next person, get rid of it, move it on. Cares are the same way. Cares operate much the same way. If you become efficient at getting rid of your cares, passing them on to the Lord, you're going to be much more joyful. You're going to be able to retain the things that God has promised you. 
you're going to be able to live the victorious life that he said that you could have, but it is impossible to get there if we allow ourselves to be blockaded by our own personal cares. And the devil didn't have anything to do with it. We did it to ourselves. And so I know that, you know, I don't know how many people are here, uh, maybe 20. Um, every one of you have a very diverse set of cares. It's very diverse. Every one of you have cares ranging from your own personal life to family, um, uh, to, to people, loved ones, um, friends, uh, job, money. It, it, the range is, there's no telling how far it could go. But regardless of, of how uh, deep it runs inside of you, the thing that awakened me the most was to realize that I actually wasn't getting rid of anything and that I was actually quite proud that I kept it. And I realized that that was affecting me physically. It was affecting me, physically weighing on me. And to, to see, though, the Lord was trying to tell me, he's like, you got you to gotta get rid of it. Come on, move it. You got to move it on through. Let's go. I mean, it got, it's, it's so packed up that I could feel it the moment it left. The moment I let it go, it was like, huh, Ooh, wow. I actually let that go. Before the end of the day, I could actually feel a bit of joy where there had been no joy before. Where's that joy coming from? You say, well, the Lord come and bless you. No, the joy was always there, but it was blocked. It was stifled out, smothered by cares. Cares choking it out. And so we've got to make sure that we're not choking out our own joy with the cares of the life. Because it definitely has the potential to do that to us. So he says, uh, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. And the literal translation is that it's um, for you are his concern. You are his concern. He's concerned about you. That almost makes me want to cry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it really does. He's concerned about me. Yeah. He's concerned about what I'm going through. He's concerned about the weight that you're carrying. He is. Now, I, I realize there's a, a lot of responsibility. Every one of you here have tremendous responsibility. Uh, uh, we have, um, I don't know if I'm going to use this terminology right, we have families who have adopted children. I know some of your stories. You have uh, very complicated lives. I've got, you know, I've got kids of my own, five kids. It's a lot of complicated lifestyle. And I realized that every day presents something new. And when I always felt, I always felt like, Lord, the only way this is going to get better is if you just get rid of the situation altogether. Let's just move out of this thing. But what I found is, is that what he was asking me to do is, is every single day, throw your cares at me. Every single day, throw it at me. You can take it and you throw it. Now, what doesn't happen? That's the real question. What doesn't happen if you are not efficient at casting your cares on him? They build up. They begin to build. And your body feels the weight of it. And you carry this thing around. And it's always a burden. And the thing that God has given us that's supposed to be a blessing now looks like a burden. Because we have something in front of us that shouldn't be there. And I'm not saying that your life isn't difficult. I'm not, I'm not lessening uh, your trials by any means whatsoever. Simply saying that there is a secret here in verse 7 to the life that God has given us. 
and it is getting rid of our cares as quickly and as efficiently as possible and putting them into his hands. These are things that are not necessarily seen with the human eye. They are. They can be. But many times there are internal struggles that take place right here that only you know about. I would say the majority of the time, the struggle isn't what you can see with the natural eye. The struggle is the pressure and the stress that you can feel right there in your chest. Can anybody say amen? Amen. You can feel it. You're trying to figure it out. Is anyone like me? I want to figure out the solution. Where's the where's, where can I fix this at? How can I how can I do this? What was that? There's pride. Exactly. That's the pride. And so this this idea that we keep carrying with us, and we're so inclined to try to do it ourselves. And God said, "Stop! Stop! Stop!" And when He told me, "Let it go," I heard it. I heard the word, and I stopped. I stopped right there because they were changing my tire. Uh, I won't forget it. They were changing my tire, and I stopped. I heard that. He said, let it go. I said, man, that sounds so cliched, but there's so much power with it. Mm-hmm. And I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Get your hands off of it. Stop trying to solve it. Stop trying to, stop trying to be your own solution. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to be your own relief. Stop. Let me have it. And I, I took it. I was like, I'm not going to worry about it no more here. And when I gave it to him, I got the relief I needed. Mm-hmm. I said, man, I didn't realize that, that thing weighed that much. <laughs> You with me? You, you know, you don't, I don't realize it was weighing that much. A lot of people carry a lot of things around. They don't realize how much they weigh. So he says, cast all of your care upon him for he cares for you. The reason he is asking you to give it to him is because there's this concern that he has for you and this love that he has for you. And that alone, that alone should, should motivate you to reevaluate your life and to get rid of any baggage that you were carrying around. You know, your attitude changes with strain and stress. Your attitude changes. You get short-fused. You're not the person that you were before. And if you're not asking yourself the hard questions, if you're not good at evaluating yourself, you'll allow it to change you completely. Mm-hmm. You won't even be the same person anymore. And you'll still be a Christian. you still be a Christian. But you will not be the same person anymore. And not in the good sense. In the sense where you're being smothered and stifled out by something you should have given up a long time ago. It is, I would say, I'll go as far tonight as to say that it is an official. Can we make it official tonight? It is an official temptation to want to figure out your own problems. It's a temptation. I'll, I'll classify it as a temptation because we're so wired to want to do it all on our own. I'm this way. I'm this way. This is why this was big for me. I'm, we're so wired to do it all on our own and be our own heroes, be our own solutions, that we have a tendency to do it that way every single time. And it takes a lot of discipline, and it takes a lot of, um, a lot of stopping, the, the, the hustle and the bustle, and saying, God, I need to give that to you. I've taken that a bit personal. I've taken on a bit too much of a load. I need to give that to you. I can't stop the things that are actually per se going on in the physical, but I can stop the way I'm responding to them. I mean, some of us, some of you in here have been through some things that it feels like a bomb has went off. I mean, it's just like a, like a nuclear bomb just goes off and it just like inside of you internally, it devastates us. These are the cares. 
we have to pass on. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of stuff because, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you get that on you, and then what about the next time? You going to be ready the next time to be able to cope and to go through something? Probably not. Why? Because you still haven't given up what happened before. You're still holding it. You're still holding it tight. Okay. Now, now look what now look what it says here. Because, like I said, verse seven is kind of an oddity in this in the context of this. Because he's talking about humility. God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Casting your care upon Him, for He cares for you. And then verse eight does something different. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Devour means to gulp, to drink down. <clears throat> I always thought it was funny. If you look at those, if you look at that, he, that Hebrew, and the Lord said he would spit you out of his mouth, and Satan said he would consume you. Yeah. I thought that was so neat. The Lord's If you're lukewarm, God spits you out. But if you're, if you're, um, if you're prideful, you'll, uh, the, the enemy is looking for someone to uh, consume completely, both with the mouth. I thought that's interesting. Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Now think about this for just a minute, because this is where it really begins to kind of roll. I was like, wait a second. This makes sense. This makes really good sense. Because I thought seven was out of place. It's not. It's actually in the perfect place. What is he telling me? Well, the answer ultimately is in verse eight. The enemy. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't do it. We did it. But I can promise you, he's going to use the cares that you retain against you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Amen. The stuff you hold on to, he's going to use it against you. Man, I finally got that stands of scripture. So I was like, that's it. That's it. That's what he's doing. That's why he's telling us here, you better be sober. You better wake up. Often I quote that scripture, and then I forget about verse 7 completely. Get rid of the cares, because he's walking around looking to jump and pounce on somebody. And he sees you. Let's just, let's just entertain this for just a minute. He sees you, and you're weighted down, man. You've got this thing loaded up, and you've got all these cares You've got all these stresses. You've got all these anxieties. And you're not getting rid of them. You're holding them. You don't think the enemy has been working with people long enough to see who's been holding their stuff and who ain't? You don't think he knows when he's looking? He's like looking at you, and he's like, you ain't ready for battle. Look at, look at this guy. Look at this lady. They're on the battlefield, and they can't even hold onto the sword because they're so weighted down with all the cares of life. You don't think the enemy knows? He does. And this is why we're giving this warning right here. You better get rid of the cares. He's looking for the ones who are cared up. Stacking them up. Oh, I got this thing. No, you know, I don't need no help. I got it. The devil's like, that's fine. Go on ahead. Let's just see how far you can make it. And then, then, when we're at our weakest, what does he come and do? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the now I'm gonna try to bring the final blow. Because you're emotionally out of it. You're up to your eyeballs and stresses and pressures. And then the enemy's like, this is easy. Let's not make it so easy on the enemy. Let's not just give it all away with our stresses and our cares. We are easy prey when we allow ourselves to be manipulated by the enemy. 
who knows people all too well. Verse 9, whom resists steadfast in the faith? How do you resist the enemy? You resist him in the faith. James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And we, already, we, and we see the theme of, of uh, submission here. <clears throat> Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren who are in the world. And uh, the way I take that personally is that everybody's going through the same stuff. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're at. Everybody is going through the same type of stuff. The weights are the same. And it doesn't matter if you, uh, whether you're at the top or the bottom or however you rate that. What matters is, is that everybody has been called to the battlefield, right? We're all been called to the battlefield. This is where we belong. But there is no way that you're going to be an effective battler. There's no way. There's no way you can efficiently battle. There's no way you can effectively enjoy the, the, the joy that God has placed in your life. No way if you allow cares to stay in your life. Now, I understand, honestly, and more uh, realistically, Pastor and I talked about it before. Him and I both agree we're realists. I like to look at things for what they really are, not for what I'd like them to be. But in the midst of being a, a realist, I understand that there are natural stressors every single day. I feel the pressure of a day the moment I wake up. But I don't have to keep it. I feel the pressure when I'm wondering how this month is going to work out. Or how this, how my, how this nation is going to work out. And what's going to happen to my kids? How's this all going to pan out? As this thing goes on, I feel the pressure. I feel it. But I don't have to keep it. And you don't either. You don't have to. The cares, the things that you're carrying tonight, they're not yours to carry. They're his. And God intended on you being free. That's what he said. Pastor, you quoted this morning. Those the, the son has set free are free indeed. So, if that's the case, and I'm free, shouldn't I act like I'm free? Mm-hmm. I should act like I'm free. Not somebody who's weighted down. And so, I'm going to leave you with that tonight. And I, I want you to take this with you, and I want you to consider what's been said here tonight in these scriptures. In the, and and I, hope, I hope that you go home, and I hope maybe you get up in the morning. I don't know who reads and when and how and all that stuff. I don't know. But I want, I want you just to read it again. If, you, if you've got time, read it again and meditate on it. And think about the cares that weigh you down every single day. And consider letting them go. Consider letting them go. And letting God take care of them. You were never designed to carry that kind of weight. Would you stand tonight? <clears throat> get really quite excited about the second half of the verse, really, verse 7, is that he cares for me. It's one of the things I'm most thankful for. Amen. That not only, I don't, we don't just have a God that we serve. We have a God that cares for us, that's actually concerned about us, that wants to see good things happen to us. Just exalt, he will exalt you in due time. Mm-hmm. That's what the exalt means. Lift up, yeah. Lift up. That's right. That's the ultimate.
Yeah, absolutely. Take care of you. Yeah. In due time. In due time. And all your care. Build on the, on the sports. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, uh, it's basketball. Put it in the hand of somebody can dunk it. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's football. He knows where the goal line is. Yes, he does. If it's baseball, at the end of the game, he'll know who to win. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. And so, I, like I said, I'm not going. We're not. I, this is something that I believe has to marinate because it's something that it takes time. I don't. I don't believe we're just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm just going to throw that out there. And I wouldn't want you to do that tonight. I want you to consider your lifestyle. I want you to consider the things that you that you have happened to you every day. Some things that have recently happened. And if you've been carrying some stuff around, begin to let things go. Begin to let it go. Begin to let God into those areas and to restore your peace and your joy. Those are rightfully yours as a Christian. Okay. You know, and I know, Judy always said, put it in the Lord's hand. Put it in the Lord's hand. She said it all the time. And leave it. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. It is. It takes some discipline. It takes some discipline. We can do that. Okay. Father, thank you for tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for each person gathered here, each person representing uh, families. Father, loved ones, Lord. Father, you know the cares on each person's heart tonight. Father, I pray, God, as as we carry on and we leave this place, Father, that you show us, Father, the things that have been burdening us. Father, as we are revelated, these things in the Holy Spirit, Father, that we put them in front of you, God, without fight and without hesitation. God, knowing that you are are in love with us, that you care for us, that you are concerned for us. And God, that we do not carry these things around because we've got better things to do than to carry this excess weight around. Mm -hmm. Thank you, God. Thank you that you love us and thank you for delivering us. And thank you, God, that you will take the things that hold us back and turn them into something good. Father, we ask these things tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you tonight. You're dismissed.